What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, let's uh, do it. God, sound like John Ralphio. Been watching a lot of Parks and Rec recently. Okay, go. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. Radio sound effects to make your show seem more to listen to this show explosions all right we can do that what else do we need weird baseline all right we can do that what else do we need someone else introducing the show okay we can do that uh roll that beautiful intro this is the wells cast with wells adams and i that's enough tori tori's the person who voiced that she's great uh how's everyone doing <laughs> in my home studio right now looking out the window and I honestly don't know if I'm looking at fog, smog, or fire ash, also known as smoke. I don't know why I said it like that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. All right? It's probably an amalgamation of all three. Actually, no, not the fog, because fog is a natural occurrence. And I think Los Angeles has long since just ripped out any natural occurrences from our atmosphere and said, nope, it's just pollution now. But anyways, I guess it could be worse. I actually don't know if it if it could or couldn't be worse, but it, I don't know. I'm having a good day otherwise, I suppose, you know? I was thinking about it, though, the other day. We're going to get through an entire calendar year of this pandemic without really kind of doing anything. It's true. We are. This thing started in March, right? Like March 13th was the last day that I remember going out to an event. We're going to wrap all the way around. People are like, no, it'll be fine by November, December. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think we're going to get through the year and then all of a sudden it's going to be February and things are going to be kind of back to normal. And then it's going to be March 13th and it's going to be like, all right, full calendar year. Just lost. I need a refund on the year. The last event I went to was Harrison's Seagram's Rosé bullshit drink launch, which actually is great. Don't get me wrong, but that was the party we went to. And I was supposed to go film a TV show starting April 1st. And I was supposed to film that show from April 1st to June 1st. On June 1st, I was supposed to go to Paradise, film 
Paradise all of June. And then I was supposed to come back, uh, have my wedding, our wedding, whatever, go on my honeymoon, come back, finish filming the first TV show that I was going to do that I can't even talk about now because of the pandemic. And by that time, it would have been well right now. And I was supposed to be kind of done around the middle of September of filming that other TV show. I was going to take a break and then have the holidays and then like rinse, wash, repeat. And like the entire year just went away. So fun. I'll tell you what, the, like the only thing that's keeping me alive other than my beautiful bride-to-be and my awesome dogs and the pool in the backyard, to be honest with you. Champagne problems. God, I got to stop watching Parks and Rec because Ben Schwartz's character, John Ralphio, I just, now I'll just like go into singing stuff. And I'm, the thing, problem is I'm not as good of a singer as he is. But the things that are keeping me afloat during these times, fiance, dogs, pool in the backyard, and then, oh yeah, these podcasts. Speaking of great singers, by the way, yes, I'm looping myself into that. Today, we have a phenomenal musician on the show. He's a songwriter. He's a producer. He's a freaking superstar. He's in a little band called Rascal Flats. Dude's racked up 17 number one hits, over 23.4 million albums sold. That's a lot of albums. 35 million digital downloads. That's a lot of downloads. Less money than the album sold thing, though, probably, but... Just how the music industry is these days. 2.2 billion streams worldwide. Sold over 11 million concert tickets. Imagine how many babies were born because of those concert tickets. At least 400 because Rascal Flats made you feel a certain way. I'm talking 40 trophies from the ACAs, the ACMs, the AMAs, the CMAs. What are some other acronyms we can make up? He's gone to the DMV. He has to pay money to his HCA. He's got so much money, he didn't have to pay a PPP loan. Dude, Rascal Flats was the most awarded country group of the past decade. Really? Is that true? That's, a, that's an impressive stat, actually. And this dude also recently launched his own Christian music label. He's a Grammy-winning producer. He's worked with such artists as, I don't know, Chicago, Ronnie Dunn, Kick Brooks, Shenandoah, and Reba McIntyre, who I once waited on at Bricktops in Nashville, and she asked for ketchup for her rotisserie chicken. And I was like, Reba, you can't get much cooler than that. Today on the Wells cast, we have, yes, Jay DeMarcus, bass player for Rascal Flats, but not just Jay. We've also got his beautiful and talented wife on the show as well, Allison DeMarcus. Let's go through her stats real quick. I'm talking multiple beauty pageant title holder. The only woman in pageant history to represent the state of Tennessee at the Miss Teen USA Miss America, and Miss USA pageants. Man, she had a trifecta, huh? She was a host and correspondent on CMT for 10 years, appearing on shows like Real Eats, CMT Southbound, and Hot 20. Also, she's instrumental as a part of CMT's red carpet coverage from the AMAs, the CMAs, the AMCs, the CMTs, the DMV. No, not that last one. She's an active philanthropist, and this is actually probably the coolest thing that she has on her resume. She's the president of the board of directors of the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. That's amazing. And so now Jay and Allison have their own reality TV show. That's right. The Kardashians said, we're out. And Jay and Allison were like, hmm, hole in the market? <laughs> okay, let's get in here. The Marcus Family Rules is on Netflix and people are absolutely loving it. They're roasting each other all day. They're emphasizing those Southern values. What it's like to have a gigantic family whose patriarch is a huge rock star, whose matriarch 
is a smoke show. So move over, Chris Jenner. There's a new boss lady in town. On the Wells Cast today, a show that you do not want to miss. Jay and Allison DeMarcus from DeMarcus Family Rules on Netflix. Seriously, guys, don't go anywhere. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, back on the Wells cast, I have Jay and Allison DeMarcus on the show. How are you guys doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. I'm really excited about this. I don't know if you guys know like my history, but I worked in radio in Nashville for 12 years. I never worked in the country music format, but like I feel like I was around you guys a lot. So having you on this show makes me feel real. I had to move to Studio City to finally hang out with you guys. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> it usually happens just the opposite. Yeah, right? Sarah and I were skipping through Netflix the other day. We were like, wait, what is this new reality TV show? And then you know how Netflix automatically starts playing the trailer. That's the dude from Rascal Flats, I'm pretty sure. And they have a reality (laughs) TV show. So we started watching it, and I got to say, it's fantastic. But I must applaud you guys because you, you saw that the Kardashians were saying, peace out, and you were like, hole in the market. Let's fill it right now. I wish we were that calculated about that move. 
no one can take the Kardashians' place, and we aren't even close to being like the Kardashians. It's really been fun, though, to do the show and have it out there and hear people's response, and the, the outpouring of love and support has been amazing for us. We were very, very nervous about it, having cameras following us around, because you really want to, you only want to show people a little bit of crazy. You don't want to show them all the crazy. Yeah, no, I come from the reality TV world where you're always just freaking out about the show airing because you're not sure how it's going to be edited. For you guys, do you have any hand in production or say with like what the show looks like? Not at all. We didn't even get to see it until literally the day before it started streaming. The night before. We got to see it right before. That's not nice. I, I, no, <laughs> it really isn't nice. Netflix didn't want us going in there going, well, I hate this shot. And I wish that you could cut this out. And I didn't say it that way. And you only picked it. So we had no say whatsoever. What you see is what you get. When did you guys decide to do this? And what made you decide to do this? Okay, well, it goes back to being on uh, Chris Lee Knows Best. We, they're dear friends of ours. Todd and Julie live right around the corner. We've been on their show about a half a dozen times. And he took us out to dinner one night. And he said, I think that there is a show with your family. I've never done anything outside of my own family's show, but I really think that people would relate to the situations that you guys live through, juggling parenthood, being married, careers, all of that stuff. It's really relatable, and you guys are hilarious together, and your kids are unpredictably funny, so I would love to shoot a pilot with you guys and see if we have any interest. We, of course, had a lot of trepidation about putting our family out there, and I've, I've worked really, really hard over the past 20 years with my partners in Rascal Flats to build a brand that I'm very proud of, and I wanted to honor that, too, and, and honor them, my partners as well. So it was important for me to kind of protect that. And, you know, when Todd said that he would executive produce it and he would help me protect it, the more we talked about it, the more we felt safe, for lack of a better word, in doing a show with him, uh, making sure that he was the gatekeeper. And here we are. And that, that's been a little over three years now. So it's it's taken that long to get through the process. And two, I think just when we were able to look at Todd and Julie as parents, I mean, they're dear friends of ours, but to see the kind, generous and wonderful people that their children are and have become, even though they've grown up doing reality TV, that it was like, well, not everybody has to be a train wreck. Maybe there is hope. <laughs> yeah, what was the harder sell? Was was getting your kids on board more difficult or was like explaining to your band, hey, listen, I'm going to be doing this reality TV show thing. Like, What was the harder sell? Not the kids. They <laughs> thought that it was normal because they'd been on Prisley Knows Best and because their youngest, Grayson and Chloe, are friends of theirs. So they just thought like, oh, well, this is normal. Like everybody should just be like waking up and shooting a television show. Like, why would you not? You know? So they were like, sure. We don't have to go to school today? Great. Let's do it. Uh, Judd and Gary were very supportive because we were going to retire anyway. So, uh, you know, I couldn't sit around the house and be bored to tears. I had to have something else to do. So I thought it would be fun to give this a try. And it, and it really was fun to go through the process with the whole entire family. I mean, at, at best, we're going to have a bunch of high quality home videos. Yeah. That we can go back and visit. <laughs> People always are like, why did you go on The Bachelorette? And I'm like, well, if nothing else, uh, a bunch of memories that are on iTunes that I can go watch at any time. So that's easy. Exactly. And why wouldn't you take advantage of an opportunity like that? Well, embarrassment, uh, you know. Well, let's not go through the list. Now we're splitting hairs. <laughs> uh, it's all bringing you to where you are today. Yeah. 
showing my father that I truly am the disappointment that he always said I was. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, guys. Well, you put it on film for us, so you just laid it out there. You did this to me, Dad. This is why I am like I am. I love it. I am now so tied to the reality TV world. I mean, I film one every single summer in paradise, and it's so fun for me to watch how the sausage is made. And it's always exciting for me to watch people who are really good at making reality TV, because it's not an easy thing. Obviously, you're trying to be yourself, but you're trying to kind of be like a maybe a little, little bit heightened version of yourself, maybe like a little bit extra. Yeah. I wonder who on your show is the best at making reality TV? Well, I'm going to have to go with my <laughs> I've had to carry most of the scenes, and when you've got that kind of heavy lifting to do, and you've got to be funny. No, you're so right. Uh, the one thing that I will say that you're exactly correct about is you'll get these comments from people like, oh, it looks so scripted, it's so staged. The thing about it is, as you well know, it's not scripted, but you have to make compelling television. You have to be interesting and you have to be funny. You have to move a storyline along. So you have certain responsibilities to do when you're in any given scene. There were some people that surprised me that were better at it than I thought they would be. And her mother is right at the top of the list for me because she was very nervous about it. But boy, once the cameras turned on, she came to life. And I was like, oh, no, we've created a monster here. This is this may not be one we can back away from here. Season two split off for grandma gets her own show. <laughs> Todd Chrisley is the next Chris Jenner. He's a genius. It's amazing. Yeah, he does know what he's doing. And one thing I love about Todd's show is it still has heart in it. At the end of every every episode, the love that they have for each other and their family always shines through, no matter how crazy the episode may be. And that, that was real important for us, too, was to show that we really do love each other at the end of the day, even though... We disagree a lot and have a whole lot of uh, crap that we have to work through. Family is the most important thing. It's nice to see a show like yours or even like Chris Lee Knows Best, which has such a big juxtaposition to like the vapid reality TV that's kind of created out on my side of the country. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <we're> like, <laughs> your guys' stuff is a much more wholesome and kind of emphasizing these like Southern values, which I think is really wonderful. And also it's, it's a nice type of reality TV that I think that we need in very, very weird times right now. So good on you guys. Well, that's very kind. That's that is very kind. Thank you for saying that. We've all been through enough shit lately, God knows, <laughs> that we need something to laugh at and something to laugh at ourselves. That's for sure. Are it's you allowed to say on your podcast yeah jay you can say I that love it. <laughs> so family rules is airing right now on netflix i guess my question is is when did you film this and is there more seasons a coming we started filming last fall october through december and which obviously was pre-covid so we jay was genuinely coming off to our all the things that were happening on the show were literally and legitimately happening in our lives. And then we rolled into working together leading up to the holidays, the holidays, and then into quarantine life. So nothing about, you know, that's why there are no masks. There's no mention of yeah. life as it is today because this was all pre-COVID. So we filmed together, holidays together. A COVID quarantine together. Homeschool. I don't know if you can see me, but I'm blinking SOS in Morse code. <laughs> Please, dear God, come save me. <laughs> so is there a thought to pick back up when, I guess, this pandemic kind of dies down to film 
some more? You know, we would love for a season two to be picked up. We're still waiting to see. We're early in right now. We're not even a month into the show. So we're still waiting to see some numbers uh, from Netflix. But the weird thing, well, not the weird thing, but the thing that makes Netflix unique is that there aren't any Nielsen ratings and they don't sell advertisements. So it's word of mouth. And we're just trying to tell everybody, if you like the show, please tell 10 of your friends, get on social media and say a little blurb about it, because the more eyes we can get on it, the the better our chances are of getting picked back up. Well, I think you guys got a pretty good shot considering everyone's stuck at home and they can only really watch TV right now. And everyone is just clamoring <laughs> for some more content. So, uh, but yeah, true. but everyone out there, go watch the Marcus Family Rules. It's on Netflix. It came out middle of August, right? And so it's brand new. But Sarah and I, like I said, we watched a couple episodes. It's fantastic. So everyone out there, go check it out. And uh, like Jay said, tell your friends about it as well. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I don't know if anyone told you, but the kind of the idea for this show is origin stories. And I like to talk to really successful and interesting people and find out where they came from and how the hell they got to this point. You guys got a couple of minutes just to uh, divulge some information from your past? Absolutely. All Love right. to. Stick around. Jane Allison uh, from DeMarcus Family Rules coming back on the Wells Cast. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian Cocktail Maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, back in the Wells cast, Jay and Allison DeMarcus from DeMarcus Family Rules on Netflix. Right now on the show, I saw that Allison tried to run away during the break. Um, she did. What? I totally did because I feel like if... She doesn't want you to know her origin story. She, she's afraid her folks are going to find out she was in rehab a couple of times. And 
<laughs> no, Jay has a very interesting story, and I just didn't want to sit here like, mm, I've heard this one before. Well, no, actually, I want to— But I he think, does have a very fascinating story. The, from the little bit of research that I did on you, you have a very fascinating story, too, and— it's kind of close to my heart because my mom was uh, a beauty queen out in California. And so I grew up hearing her. What was her title, Rose? She was Miss Los Angeles. I think that she was runner up for Miss California and then she was in Miss America, but she dropped out in the middle of it. That's amazing. I mean, can you believe like Miss Los Angeles? That's so like important. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hot chicks in Los Angeles, you know, so that's she's doing pretty yeah. good. And that's she, an accomplishment right there. Well, I'm so pleased to hear that because earlier today I spoke to someone who was Miss Tater Day. Oh, yeah? Yes. And in one interview, Jay and I did, um, we've spoken to someone who was Miss Scuba International. I did not know that scuba people had pageants, but they do. I mean, they're everywhere, obviously. <laughs> the judges actually have to be underwater to judge them. Yeah. <laughs> mask and apparatus mermaids everywhere are like this is ridiculous yeah. we should be able to do this one <laughs> allison since you don't want to do this let's get yours over with really quickly i want to no, i totally want to i just think that jay has a really interesting story and i didn't know that we would talk about it. i was miss memphis which is not as big of a deal as miss los angeles but i was living in memphis at the time well thank god you weren't miss tater <laughs> yeah i would have loved to have been miss tater day can you imagine Jay, I, who are you going out with, uh, Miss Tate? <laughs> she's, she's a spud. <laughs> Y'all, my sister was Miss Mila No-Till, and that meant that when you were in that part of West Tennessee, you didn't till the farmland. So she was Miss Mila No-Till. So you got to not have to go to work? I mean, you still do, but you don't till the land. It's like the way that they fertilize the farmland, but it, you don't use a till. I don't even know what a till is. Yeah, yeah. Were you born in Memphis or were you born in Jackson? I'm from Jackson. My parents are from Jackson. Both sets of grandparents are from Jackson, like deep roots in Jackson, Tennessee. And then I went to college at Rhodes in Memphis. Oh, cool. Where Dixie Carter went and then um, moved to Nashville. Wait, who did you say was went there? <laughs> Dixie Carter. <laughs> I, I mean, I am obsessed with designing women. <laughs> she was also in pageantry, by the way. Oh. So you moved to Memphis and what gets you into pageants? Was like, was like your mom into it? How did that work? No, my mom wasn't in them. She's never been in one. Now she was elected Miss Southside High School, but that was like a senior superlative, not like a pageant. So, um, but she even laughed at me when I told her that I was going to be in a pageant. And of course, at that point, Nothing was digital, so she threw the brochure in the trash. She was like, oh, <laughs> and threw it in the trash. And I like, got it out. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Some young women only have one pathway out of Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> They're a really great opportunity for small-town girls. That's why people are always asking me if my daughter's going to do pageants. I'm like, Lord, no, she needs to do whatever she wants to do. She'll have more opportunities than I did. Okay, so what was the first pageant that you got into? I was in Miss Tennessee T-E-E-N as a teenager. I did win. And then I went to the national pageant to America's Miss T-E-E-N. And I was Miss America's T-E-E-N in 1993. Why are you spelling it? Are we not allowed to say the name of, of it? or I'm confused too. That to was the name of it. It was T-E-E-N for Teens Encouraging Excellence Nationally. Oh. There was so you won Miss T E E E E N N. 
But, and here I am today. Can you believe it? Wait, but, but you I, and I are learning together. Right? Yeah, I gotta tell you, I haven't heard this before either. I'm just excited that there's a Miss Scuba out there somewhere. Yeah, Scuba International too. Like it's not just domestic, but worldwide. Like it's global. This Miss Scuba is apparently. I read something that I thought was a kind of a crazy stat. So you're the only woman in pageant history to represent the state of Tennessee at the Miss Teen USA, the Miss America, and Miss USA pageants. You clearly got on my Wikipedia page. I did. So did you win all those? <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, you. I mean, you. You. You didn't win Miss USA or Miss America. No. You but, placed high though. Yeah, and but I was Miss Tennessee in all those systems. Yeah. I mean, I was just like for like my sister always teases me. She's like, "Oh God," and she's still like acting like she's still Miss Tennessee today. Triple she, crown winner right here. Yeah, that's sure. that's big. What was your what was your talent? I sang uh, and played the piano to "Ain't No Mountain High Enough," mm -hmm. "Ain't No Valley Low Enough," "Ain't No River Wide Enough" to keep me from you, Wells. <laughs> I really wish this was a visual podcast because she just pantomimed the entire thing for us and it was wonderful. Oh, I had full choreography. Don't worry. I still can do the choreography for you. And she won't sing in front of me now. Is that unreal or what? Well, I can understand, Jay. Like, you're obviously a very musically talented person. Well, I appreciate that, but we did do one duet. We did After All by Peter Cetera and Cher at a pageant one time, and it was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal's pushing it well, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Jay's kind and, like, wants to clearly still be married to me. So that was that was sweet of him to say. All right. So then you moved to Nashville after all the pageant stuff. So I was Miss Tennessee USA in 2002. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Nashville because my sister lived here and she worked for Mercury Records. And I was going to go audition for a video for These Days by Rascal Flats. And I didn't know who they were. So I called my sister and she was like, oh, yeah. They um, are really hot. They just had a number one. You should go to the audition. And so I went to the audition, auditioned and got the role of playing Jay's cousin, who's in the flats, who's the lead singer, um, as his love interest. And so that's where I met Jay. Her sister was right. We were really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so at that moment, is that when you knew that she was the one, Jay? Like, did you cast her being like, I'm going to marry this girl, cast her? Yeah. I mean, I was taken with her immediately. She was beautiful. And then we sat down next to each other in the makeup chair. And she was very um, outgoing and friendly. And I, I just uh, spent the whole day trying to follow her around and talk to her more. And so I devised an evil plan to keep her longer for the shoot. I came up with a shot at the end of the video. And I took it to the director. And I said, I think it'd be really great to get our point of view and she's standing behind the fence, still looking at us on the tarmac. And he was like, I love that. I'm going to go talk to her and see if she can stay. So I got her to stay till 3 a.m., which was amazing. She was supposed to have been cut, I think, around 9 or 10 or something. So and of she, course, Jay's like, aren't you excited you're going to stay? I'm like, I'm going to get paid 300 bucks. I got to go to work tomorrow. I, I just don't know that I'm going to be able to stay. <laughs> Come on. We've got Papa John's. You know, I mean, that's. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to stay for some Papa John's, right? Did you ask her out like after the shoot? What I did was I, uh, she said, I don't really want to use a porta potty. I don't use porta potty. Can I go on your bus and use the restroom? I said, sure, come on up. So after she got finished, she came out and I said, look, 
I'm going to go ahead and write my number down because I know you're going to ask for it anyway. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. And she slid it back across the desk and she said, my daddy told me that I could never call boys, but if you want my number, here it is. She wrote it down and gave it to me. And at the time, I didn't know that she was engaged Wow! because they'd made her take her ring off. But, you know, there's trouble in paradise if you're giving a boy your number. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have been in trouble in paradise, Wells, even though Jay likes to just decide that it was only him and that I met him and immediately knew that I had been swept off my feet and fell madly in love with him. Wells, I saved her life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Allison, would you have ever given your number to Jay if he wasn't in a very hot country band at the time? Well, let's also note, Wells, that I thought that his first single, which is actually Praying for Daylight, was Waiting for Midnight. So I can't say that I was like a huge fan um, I mean, I was just kind of being witty and funny and like, oh, I'll show him. I'm, I'm not going to take his number. I'm not going to call him. So, and I knew I could like decline the call. So it wasn't a big deal. I'm like, my, here's my number, whatever. I still remember her phone number too from back then. Really? I do. 615-479-1983. Okay. I'm going to, I'll bleep that out, but. No, she doesn't have it Oh, anymore. she changed it. <laughs> it's not her number anymore, but I, I remember it because I memorized it as soon as she wrote it down. <laughs> But you're, 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 yeah, you're obviously, we can't, no one can see me, but I am wildly good looking and very funny. <laughs> so of course she was going to give her number to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's be honest. And then the rest is history. <laughs> and the rest is history. Just pure bliss in the history right there. I do want to say though, I saw that you were on the board of uh, directors at the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, which is a place that, you know, I used to do broadcasts from when I lived in Nashville and it's a really... <laughs> amazing and special place and so i think i just think that that's such a cool footnote of all the things that you've done that's such a really really cool and bright thing to shine a light on so thank you for that i appreciate you. and i have to brag on her and tell you she was actually the president of the board for four years i think it was so she's you know she's been running that ship for a long time over there and i couldn't be more proud of her and it's and it's an amazing place, you're right, and it's one of the things I'm most proud of that we've been able to do with Rascal Flats is have the Rascal Flats Surgery Center over there. Long after we're gone from the face of the earth, we'll have a place that will always be a wonderful part of our legacy that we leave behind, and I, I couldn't be more proud of that. Wells, I um, totally took the Legally Blonde 2 movie poster and superimposed my face on top of Reese and um, put my chihuahua's face on top of Bruiser's face. And that was like the first image that I popped up because I'm in this ring with all these older men and it's just me. And I'm like, hey guys, here we go. <laughs> so I at least tried to to like pep up the entertainment value of all of our board meetings because they were a little much. Yeah, like being on the board is hard. Right. <laughs> all right, Jay, you're That's up. Cool. Let's uh, let's go through your your origin story. Where the hell did you come from, and how the hell did you get on this podcast? Mm, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, well, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, so I'm a, I'm a Midwesterner. But my folks were from West Virginia and Kentucky, so I was raised on country music. My my family were a bunch of hillbillies living in the middle of Ohio, so we were a little displaced. Um, Music was all that I knew. My mom and dad were musicians. My mom was actually country music queen of Ohio in 1969, won a recording contract with Decca Records. And my dad was a fantastic musician and basically taught me from an early age how to play several different instruments. And I was just consumed by music, but I didn't have a way out of Columbus, Ohio. And I'd always heard if you want to go 
make it in the entertainment industry and in music, you've got to go to Los Angeles, New York, or Nashville. And since I'd spent most of my childhood summers coming to Nashville, going to the Grand Ole Opry, loving country music, um, Nashville was uh, uh, a no-brainer for me, and it was uh, an obvious choice. I actually got a scholarship for music to go to Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is just a little north of Chattanooga. So I went to college in Cleveland, Tennessee, got a record deal my senior year in college with a Christian duo that I was part of called East to West. We made two records and were together uh, for about five years in the mid-90s. We won a bunch of Dove Awards, had a, had a few number ones, and then I... <laughs> I got a girl pregnant that I was dating and sort of screwed up the Christian career and uh, thought, <laughs> <it's the truth. laughs> and thought that uh, my life was over, obviously. And a few short years later, my cousin moved to town. We started singing out in some bars together. And I, at the same time, went to work for a girl named Shelly Wright, and I became her musical director. I hired Joe Don in to play guitar. We became fast friends. I introduced him to Gary, and the three of us started singing together. We developed sort of this grassroots following fan base around town here, and we got signed to a record deal in October of 1999, and uh, here we are 20, 21 years later. It's been an amazing ride. I was reading, and this is only going to be interesting, I think, for people who are very ingrained in the nightlife that is Nashville, Tennessee, but I was reading that the start of the band was on Printer's Alley. It was. At a little place called uh, the Fiddle and Steel Guitar Bar that is no longer there, but it was right next to Lonnie's Western Room, the the big karaoke bar down there. Was was Bourbon Street Boogie Bar right there as well? Oh yeah, yeah, it was right down, right next to Skulls. Uh, yeah. was the Bourbon Street Blues Bar. Yeah, and really, yeah, that whole strip. And now they've torn all that out, and they're making some boutique hotel down there. Well, there is a boutique hotel. Is have they completed it? Yes, okay. for like seven years. I that's such a bummer because that was such a cool little alleyway. Tourists didn't really know about it. It was very kind of like a locally hang for downtown Lower Broadway. And that was a bummer when I heard that they were redoing that whole thing. What was great is you're absolutely right. It was off the beaten path. So a lot of the country stars would come into the fiddle and steel guitar bar because nobody would bother them. So Toby Keith, Mark Chestnut, a bunch of these guys would come in and hang out and get up with us and sing because no one knew it was there. And the ones that were there were sort of hometown people anyway that weren't gonna bother celebrities when they came in there. It was really cool. So talk about the creation of Rascal Flats in those early days. You know, it really kind of happened organically. I, I wanted to produce and write uh, for Gary and get him a record deal. Um, he came and sang for me on his way down to vacation in Florida one weekend. And I said, man, you've got to move down here. Your voice is extraordinary. And if you don't try it, your window's going to close. Uh, yeah, I think he was 27 at the time, something like that. So I talked him into moving in with me. We had a little one-bedroom apartment that I had, and he slept on the couch. And I really wanted to kind of be on the – I had been an artist already, and, and that kind of didn't appeal to me anymore. So I wanted to be a producer and a writer. And so the more he went out to sing, he didn't play an instrument. So I always ended up playing guitar or piano for him when he sang. And it just sort of evolved into this thing that, you know, the, we were the, known as the cousins and we'd play all over downtown together. And, and it became fun, not something we were pursuing, you know, to try to be a band. But the more we played together and then when we added Joe down to the mix, we had this blend and this sound that you can't manufacture. It either happens and you have chemistry or, or you don't. 
And we had a very magical thing that happened when the three of our voices blended together in harmony. And Jodon's not family, but he blends and sings with us like he is because he's got so much of the same history and the same background and grew up loving the same things that Gary and I did. So it's not something you could ever pick three random people out and and recreate. So we were we were we were very lucky to catch lightning in a bottle uh, when we did. And the world was just ready for something new and something sort of different in the sound that Gary has. He's a country singer, but he's influenced by gospel and R&B and all of these flavors come out of his voice when you hear him sing. It's not typical of what you would hear a country singer, particularly back then. And now, of course, we've got all these singers that are in country music that really will, a lot of them will tell you, have been influenced by Gary LaVox and the way that he sung over the past 20 years on the radio with Rascal Flatts. They you know, they have to attribute a lot of their influence to what he's been able to do. And, and that's an amazing thing to be a part of. How did you guys come up with the name for the band? And that's a funny story, too. So we were signed to a record deal and didn't have a name. And uh, the head of our record label at the time, Randy Goodman, said, you guys, we, we need to come up with a name. We can't call you guys the cousins because one of you is not a cousin. <laughs> so we need a name. So every night we would play down in Printer's Alley, I would say, Hey guys, we've got a record deal. If you've got any names of bands, we sure could use them because we we don't have a name. I had those mini cassettes full of Gary driving home to Ohio by himself, talking into the recorder, going, Route 97, <laughs> possible band names. Food ahead. I mean, we I had like hours worth of recordings of him putting potential names into this. So this old guy that had come in to see us all the time, his name was Jelly Roll. He was an old piano player, had been on the road with all kinds of country acts, used to sit at the end of the bar every time we would play, and came in faithfully to hear us every night. He walked up to me and he said, hey, Jay, when y'all go on break next time, I need to talk to you for a minute. I said, okay, Jelly, uh, I'll be over. <laughs> so I went over there and it was a loud bar room, jukebox was playing. And he said, I know you boys need a name. And by God, I got it for you you look like Rascal Flats. And I said, what in the hell is a Rascal Flats, Jelly? He said, well, I had a band back in high school and we used to play high school dances and bar mitzvahs and whatnot. And we called ourselves Rascal Flats. And by God, you boys look like Rascal Flats and you can have that name. So we were meeting with the record label the very next week. And lo and behold, they said, do you have a name? And Gary's looking at me like, don't say it, don't say it. And I said, what do you think about Rascal Flats? <laughs> And um, so Randy Goodman looked at me. He goes, I love that. It's different. I think people will remember it. And so it took Gary a little bit to get used to the name. He hated it at first, but we didn't have any other options. So we scraped together $5,000 and and wrote up a contract uh, and had Jelly Roll sign it. And it was the greatest thing to happen in his life. He, he was just so touched. And uh, that was a lot of money for us back then. So. That's how we got the name Rascal Flats. I mean, the fact the guy's name was Jelly Roll is like the... It makes it all. Isn't it awesome? Absolutely beautiful. Like, it, it's like one of those things where like you'd see that in a movie and you'd be like, that's that's not real. Like, you couldn't write that. <laughs> I know. You know? Yeah. The band is massively successful. You were supposed to go on, I guess, a kind of a farewell tour, but, you know, the world's ending, so that had to be put on hold. Why? Yeah. Why in the hell are you guys... 
hanging it up? I think after 20 years, we got to this spot to where we started talking about what we were going to do next and what we had left on our list of things to accomplish. And the more we discussed it, it was like, we've had 20 wonderful years. And there are things that each of us are passionate about individually that we want to try before we're too old to try them. And so I think that for us, we'll never be one of those bands that says, that's it. We're not doing anything else together. Uh, we're breaking up forever. I think it, this is a break, not a breakup. And it's been good for us, to be honest. 20 years together, going at a, a breakneck speed, being together, three individuals with three individual personalities. I think that this may be one of the best things to happen for us. We, we needed a break from each other, and it's been great to concentrate on some other things that we're all passionate about. Gary's doing a solo record. Jodon's been writing and producing. I've been working on this TV show, and I started a record label in 2018. So I'm trying to get that up and off the ground. So we love each other still, which is a, a feat in and of itself for a band to be able to say after 20 years. But there definitely comes a time when everyone's human and they look around and they go, I think we need a break. <laughs> I think we need a breather here. And so I, this is not the way we want to go out. I know that we'll be back on the road to love on our fans and, and have give them a chance to see us again. So as soon as we know what that looks like, you'll be the first to know. Speaking of breaks, I'm going to let you guys go here in a second. But before I do, do you guys have some time for some rapid-fire questions? Absolutely. Lay it on us. Rapid-fire questions with Jay and Allison DeMarcus. Number one, favorite pizza topping? Cheese. Pepperoni mushroom. Favorite book? I don't read. It's a good yeah. answer. No, I just read Instagram posts. Oh. <laughs> and, and if somebody like types a really long one, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I need a quick caption and I'm out. I have ADHD wells and I, I got I to I gotta keep scrolling. I can't read stuff like that. Yeah, you got one? <laughs> yeah, in the grip of grace, Max Lucado. Who was your first kiss? Bob Franklin. <laughs> Sounds like a grown man. <laughs> he, he had his dad's name. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Bob is kissing Allison. Somebody call the cops. I mean, he was. I didn't kiss his dad. Bob. I kissed him. We were in like the eighth grade. What kind of a kid is named Bob? He was really hot. He's still really hot. They couldn't call him Robbie or something? No, they just called him Bob. <laughs> Mine was Jody Carrico, the next door neighbor. Bob Franklin does sound like a used car salesman. He does. He Come on down to Franklin's Auto, <laughs> where you'll see me kissing little girls and selling Chevrolets. <laughs> uh, what was the first concert you went to? Debbie Gibson. Dolly Parton. What was your first job? I was the uh, secretary at Carolina Air Center. Dante's Pizza in Columbus, Ohio. Most famous person in your phone? Todd Chrisley. That's a good answer. Uh, Billy Zapka. Did you have a poster hanging on your bedroom wall? Yes. No, my mother did not let me hang stuff up like that. Def Leppard. Nice. Hysteria. What was the first record, LP, cassette, CD that you bought? Thriller. Chicago 16. Hard to say. I'm sorry. If superpowers were real, what would be yours? Teleporting places so I don't have to sit in traffic. The impossible ability to make my wife happy at all times. <laughs> the show is called DeMarcus Family Rules. What is your number one rule? Live in the moment. Be in the moment. My number one rule is remind your spouse how lucky they are. You are very lucky. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. This is so funny and so much fun to get to know you all. Everyone out there, don't forget to go watch on Netflix, DeMarcus Family Rules. It is absolutely hilarious. It's wonderful. It's wholesome. It's everything that really the world needs right now because let's be fair. There's a lot of bad right now. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> That's a fair statement. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You guys rock. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Wells, appreciate Thanks, Wells. Appreciate it. Tell See, Sarah we said hi. I will. See you guys. Bye.
well, they're just the sweetest freaking thing in the world, right? Oh my God. I love them so much. I want to go, I want to be part of their family, I think. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a guy that would be embarrassed by my reality TV career. Seems like he'd be proud of it. I got to go because we're about to record another episode back to back. So I'm out of here. Uh, love you guys. And don't forget, you know, if you uh, if you haven't rated it and reviewed the uh, the show, please go do so because it helps out. And tell your friends about the show because I need more money. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.